Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. Welcome back to Thought Leadership Studio. This is episode 33, interview with Dr. Caroline Opende of NGO Whisperer. Now what this episode will do for you is it'll help you gain insight through how Dr. Carolina Pende sees an organization as a whole to discover leverage points for positive change, help you gain inspiration from her story of making a difference through organizational transformation of nonprofits or NGOs, help you learn a multifaceted approach that's successfully been used to positively transform organizations and to discover deeper levels of your own leadership abilities through examples like the success story that Dr. Opende shares. Now, as always, you can consider Thought Leadership Studio as your success library. And part of what we do for that is find and illuminate models of excellence like Dr. Opende, as we can learn so much through others' journeys in strategic leadership, especially strategic thought leadership, where you create a new and powerful perspective, a new mental model to lead an audience to. And I really like Dr. Opende in this interview with her because of the power of this mission of helping organizations that have positive missions of their own or nonprofits and to help them rally the resources, reorganize their resources, draw deeper into the unlimited reserves we have as humans to grow in our ability to lead others and to make a positive difference. So I think you'll find it extremely powerful and helpful Um, and as always there's an episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com if you're listening on an app it's linked to in the episode description and I've got some resources there for you including social links for Dr. Opendi on Twitter and LinkedIn as well as the website ngowhisperer.com a curated transcript is kind of a summary that highlights various points that are relevant that you can draw from to fuel your own success in thought leadership and links to resources like the Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership, a free report to help you with the building blocks of your own strategic leadership. So we'll dive right in after the break. Enjoy. Thought Leadership Studio. So 
everyone, Chris McNeil with Thought Leadership Studio, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Nopende of the NGO Whisperer. Welcome, Carolyn. It's lovely to be here today. Thank you, Chris. And it's great to have you. Um, tell me, tell our audience about your mission and what you do in with this identity of the NGO Whisperer. I am the founder and the CEO of the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact based in Manchester, United Kingdom. And here at the NGO Whisperer, we work with non-governmental organizations. Some people call them nonprofits. In other countries, they call them charities, uh, social enterprises, governments, and funding agencies to promote social innovation, investment, uh, for a sustainable world. So in a nutshell, that's what we do. That's what we offer to our clients. And what's an example of a project that you would have with a client that would help them have more impact with their message? Say if that's about sustainability and, and if they're a non-profit, we call them nonprofits here in the United States. But how would you how would you help them organize their message to have more impact? So when nonprofits come to us, Chris, they come to us for several things. And we are talking about leaders. We are talking about social entrepreneurs. We are talking about government departments, uh, sometimes philanthropists or funding agencies. The first thing that they need supported is resource mobilization, mobilizing funds to be able to implement projects of various sizes. Most of our clients are small and medium-sized non-governmental organizations or non-profits that are wanting to make a difference but do not have the capacity to raise the sufficient fund or enough funds that they need to make a difference. In some cases, it's not just about funding as in financial resources, it's also connections, connecting them with the right consortia or partners. So that's under resource mobilization. And this is part of our um, six pillar sustainability model at the NGO Whisperer. So pillar number one, resource mobilization. Well, pillar number two. Model. I'm, inter I'm, inter I'm interested in your model. What's it like? What's it about? The model is something that I created. Okay, let me go back. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, the, the NGO Whisperer model for sustainability is something that I created when I stepped out of employment. And I was looking at all these amazing small and medium-sized uh, non-governmental organizations and social enterprises that are making a difference in their communities. And I noticed a common thread. They lack support in the area of resource mobilization, project management, managing the projects that they have been funded to effectively deliver on the promises that they have made, and also be able to deliver it so well that the funders or the donors actually give them more funding. So that's number two. Mm -hmm. Number three, it's on governance and organizational development. We are talking about the leadership. How is the organization structured? The board, you know, as you know, nonprofits must have a board 
board of directors, the chairperson, secretary, treasurer, and advisors. How is that structured? Is the board structured and the leadership uh, structure that they have adopted good for them to the point that it helps them to be a sustainable organization? Sometimes, <laughs> mm -hmm. even though we are doing good, there's a lot of infighting in organizations. That's where we come in. Then the, that, the fourth thing is on compliance and enterprise risk management. As you all know, the last two years, we all were at a risk of something because of COVID. So that is the fourth thing. And also being compliant. Compliant, the first compliance issues are related to the way organizations are structured. Secondly, is reporting to the funders and the donors who have given you the money, who they're mainly your customers, to do the job. And thirdly, mm -hmm. compliance to humanitarian rules and regulations on how you offer services to the people who are getting services from you. It could be underprivileged uh, communities. You must treat them with respect and dignity. So that's under compliance risk management. The fifth one is on executive coaching one-on-one, -on -one, like you and I are having a session now. Sometimes I have such sessions where we are talking about issues that a certain leader is facing or advising them and helping them, guiding them. Sometimes we do this in a group setting with their teams, executive coaching. Under that, we also have masterclasses because we realize leaders need support, but sometimes they can't get that support within their organization. And our small and medium-sized nonprofits, they need a place where they can go to be trained. So we have these masterclasses throughout the whole year, ranging on different topics. Most of the topics that we offer are topics that have been asked for by our clients who are these leaders. Yeah. Uh, along with that is the fellowship program, which is a very exciting thing that I started in 2021. I found out that there are all these leaders who need continuous support, not just the monthly masterclasses. And so I came up with what we call the NGO Westboro Global Fellowship Program. This mm -hmm. is a six month rigorous program for those who are already in a leadership position and need support to take their organizations to the next level. We are focusing on leaders from all over the world, but we give priority to women and leaders who come from low and middle income countries. Lastly, we have uh, alongside with the executive coaching um, is our global summit. And that's something we started last year in 2022. The global, the NGO Whisperer Global Summit is a gathering of leaders of nonprofits, of um, people in the business world, for-profit, non-profit governments, and anyone who is interested in making a difference in their communities to come and discuss ideas. The topic or the theme for the first one that we held in December 2022 was the future of NGOs, non-governmental organizations. And lastly, is the platform that we offer 
for pub public uh, relations to help nonprofits to showcase their work, to raise their visibility. And that is the NGO Whisperer magazine and the NGO Whisperer podcast show. So that's what we offer to our clients. So I'm getting a lot of things from this and it's a lot to take in, but it sounds and looks really powerful. It, what I'm getting is that you noticed systemic issues with NGOs or nonprofits that you've developed solutions for, where maybe an organization has a powerful mission, but because they aren't aligned internally, maybe like you said, there might be infighting or the leadership needs development or they need help with organizing resources and making connections. Like you are able to step back and see the larger pattern of these systemic flaws, so to speak, that you've developed this organization, NGO Whisper, to help them correct. And I imagine probably give them a quantum leap. Now, do you see you and your organization like interventionists who kind of come in and help them fix things so they can continue that way or more like ongoing partners and consultants or does it just depend on the particular situation? What uh, happens is it happens in different ways. Sometimes organizations approach us and they come to us and say, because of what we have already put out there, they reach out to us and they say, we need help in this area. And when we go into their organization to find out, okay, how can we help you? We realize that there are other systemic issues that exist. And so we have um, a, a, what we call a diagnostic stage where you're diagnosing what's happening in the organization. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people put their hands up and say, we need money, we need money. And then you find out money is not the issue. They have donors and funders who want to fund them, but they actually don't know how to manage the projects. That's why they're losing their funding. So we strengthen their project management as we support them in the areas that they have already identified. And because we work with organizations very closely, we meet them every week. So we have weekly check-ins and once an organization starts to work with us, they commit to working with us at a minimum of two years so we can help them because you can't really make an impact by writing one grant application and going your way. That's not how we work. That'd we be really like doing one, one workout and expecting to get in shape from it. You have to be exactly it's like, it's like going to the gym and spending one hour and then coming back and like, okay, I'm waiting for results mm. and you're not going every day. So there's consistency in that there's building relationship, interpersonal relationships. Many of these leaders now know me personally, even though <laughs> we work uh, virtually, I haven't met many of them face to face, but we have built relationships over time to the point that when we get into meetings, I can sense when there is tension and I can ask because I am coming in as an outsider and as a respected advisor to them. Mm -hmm. And I can ask what's going on this week in the organization, you know? Well, you, you're speaking very well to a lot of our audience know our consultants. And being 
getting yourself in a position where you have leverage to make change. And I'm noticing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but would you not characterize yourself as someone who has the insight to see the patterns of a system quickly? And maybe that's, is that something that's led to this? Or what was the inspiration that gave you the vision? What was, what was the birth of it in your own mind? And what does bringing all this to life do for you personally that's meaningful to you? Those are powerful questions that you have asked. So the first one, when you asked, how do I see this? Um, when I get into an organization, because I previously was employed, I worked mm -hmm. for a specific nonprofit, you know, starting from when I was very young in my early 20s, when I graduated. So I am, I am a, a Bachelor of Mathematics and Chemistry graduate. Oh, great. <laughs> And I stepped into the nonprofit sector because I wanted to make a difference and volunteer. So I started by volunteering because my mind was in stepping into uh, <laughs> chemical engineering because I studied chemistry and mathematics. And I was thinking, I'm gonna be a chemical engineer. But in the meantime, mm -hmm. on my journey, I would like to help nonprofits. So as a result, I stepped in and said yes to working with a nonprofit that was uh, promoting HIV prevention uh, at the university, my university in Kenya, where I was born and brought up. And when I went to the interview, it lasted for five minutes and the founder of the organization asked me, would you like a job? I said, yeah, I'm happy I'll take the job because it's work you, that you do in the evenings with the students, that's what I thought. He said, no, 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 this is a full-time job. And then I stepped back and I was like, oh, wow. So this can turn into a full-time job. I called my dad and my mom and they said, oh, take it up while you are working your way to your dream of becoming a chemical engineer. And that working my way to that has become close to 20 years. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But making yeah, a difference so is important to you is one thing I'm saying. That's is it making a difference in people's lives. And when I found out that I can do this, then I started learning because I didn't learn this in school. And later I, um, uh, I joined university, the uh, University of Salford, which is based here in Manchester. And I studied project management because I wanted to learn how to manage projects effectively. I saw that in my work, Funders who really loved our work wanted us to do great reports, to share the reports, to manage the finances well, and to update them frequently. And so as I was looking at all these courses and I asked myself, what can I study that can help me to be an authority in this field? Project management spoke to me. And so I studied project management. And after that, we were asked when we were applying, you have to give a motivational letter um, to say, why do you want to do this? Like a statement. Mm -hmm. My statement was, I would like to establish a hub. I still remember that I wrote it about midnight. Um, uh, and I was like, I want to establish a hub where nonprofits can come and learn and grow and be equipped no matter 
their size, no matter how much money they have. Hence, some of our services that we offer is a scholarship to these leaders who cannot afford to pay for it. Oh, that's awesome. So leadership development is a big piece of it. And the insight to notice these larger patterns that you've addressed with project management and your, your passion clearly comes through for making a difference. And what a great role to be in where you can impact nonprofits because I've been involved with nonprofits. I'll sit on the board of one and I, I see just, and I've been involved with organizations that partner with nonprofits as part of fundraising for youth sports is one. Now there's another one that does it as part of migration to renewable energy, but they partner with other nonprofits. And there certainly are systemic issues. And these, these founders of these nonprofits can have such a powerful vision, but if you don't have the deep leadership training and support and skills, the organ I'm seeing both the leadership part and the organization part, but what a great way to give confidence to donors who would feel more confident donating more when they see how much better their donations are being put to work with the kind of increased efficiency or effectiveness that you would help bring an organization. And it must be very satisfying work. It is. Um, actually, in the next few um, weeks, actually, um, it's on the 25th of February, we have the graduation ceremony for our, our Global Fellows class of 2022. They went through our Global Fellowship program from July to December. That's the period that we offer these classes. And I was interviewing them for a podcast because I want to share their stories. It's amazing how their mindsets have changed first and foremost as leaders because i interviewed them when they joined and then when they are exiting we also do the same and i can see the difference there's a difference in their leadership styles how they have progressed many of them used to do everything by themselves and they learned that leadership is about delegation and giving direction and casting your vision and then bringing in people, putting together a team that will support you. Otherwise, you'll have burnout. And as you know, many people, especially if you founded anything, many people struggle with the founder syndrome mm -hmm. of letting go and letting others lead. And I have seen over and over again that these leaders are now at a level where they are comfortable, they have trust, they have built trust with their teams and they themselves, sometimes you don't trust ourselves. They've built trust with themselves and now they're ready to focus on strategic issues as they let other people within the organizations de deal with tactical issues and everyday business running around doing stuff. So that is evident in our work. And I can tell so many stories about the difference it has made in individuals' lives as leaders. I'd love to hear one. And you know, you're, you're describing this on multiple levels too, is there's both the 
intellectual aspect of being able to manage an organization and see it as a system and how the parts interrelate with each other. But you're also speaking to things like trusting yourself and believing in yourself and believing with in others, which is, to me, speaking to heart-based leadership, of, of believing in yourself and others, believing in your mission. So it's just both the intellectual aspect of helping an organization function better by understanding how the parts work together and making it work better, but also just to believe in yourself and to believe with, that you can make things happen and you can let go and others can make things happen by your empowering them. What's a story that's really a shining example of this for you? I will share a story of a global fellow class of 2021, because now I can share the a whole year of interacting with this gentleman. Um, his name is Wilfred. Wilfred is a founder of a preschool in, um, in Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. He offers an opportunity to children aged uh, four to about six, going to seven, who come from underprivileged communities. These are slum areas in formal settlements. And he established this preschool to provide early childhood education. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, Wilfred is employed by another nonprofit where he is the program's coordinator and it is called Ethel Foundation for the Age. They work with senior citizens to give them dignity, to promote um, uh, support for elderly persons. Mm -hmm. He's working with both the young, very young, and very old people. And at the center of what he does is care and dignity. As much as you're providing education for small children who come from underprivileged community, we are doing it with dignity. The same thing with the older persons, senior citizens, who don't have much support, unfortunately, in many communities. The difference that I see in what he's doing now is being able to manage these two roles. One is something that he founded, and the other one is a job that he has. And he was struggling with both of them. He was focusing more on the job when he was talking about what he's doing and the impact that he's making. And he was forgetting about the stories of the children and how that would work. And I remember having a conversation with him and he asked me, Dr. Caroline, how do I tell stories that I work with older persons? And I also work with the young. And I walked the journey through and I told him, find ways in which you can tell everyday stories and how this can work. And also, Find people at the preschool who you trust so that when you are working with the uh, elderly persons, because he divides his days, you know, some days he's here, some days he's there. Make sure that that person is equipped. Bring that person to our one-on-one -on -one session. So he brought the team to our one-on-one -on -one session. And I told him everything we share Find one person in the organization that you can impart that knowledge. So he got into the Global Fellowship Program, followed up, 
when other people are doing one assignment because they have one organization, he had to provide assignments for two organizations, mm -hmm. development plan, leadership plan for two organizations. Today, he is now being recognized as a leader. He is a social worker by training. That's what he studied. And he has been recognized by the Association of Social Workers. I see him presenting at conferences. I cannot catch up with him anymore. I just see him posting these things on social media. I'm at this conference. I'm here. I'm there. I'm sharing knowledge. This is someone who could not speak. Our interview, he barely could handle what we're doing right now, the podcast. Now mm -hmm. he's speaking in front of people. And isn't it satisfying to facilitate the growth of people like that and to watch them flourish and become all that they can be, especially when you're working with the kinds of organizations, I'm hearing some unifying values like dignity come up. And I imagine that's a high value for you. And these organizations help bring more dignity to older and younger people, those in need. Uh, and that's certainly a core value in leadership to recognize that in yourself and others. And that's powerful. So where do you see NGO Whisper, Dr. Opende, where do you see the future? How do you see the biggest impact you would like to make with your work going forward and your own personal growth and your impact on others? I will start with my own growth as an individual. Um, the work that we do is a lot and it deals with matters of the heart, but also it is technical in so many ways. What I would like to see myself grow in is grow to a point where I am an authority in my field and I have imparted the knowledge that I have, the values that I have to other people, especially women who are in this field. I'm based in the UK, Manchester United Kingdom, I have a heart for Africa, for the Caribbean and Asia Pacific, specifically uh, in low and middle income countries. Those are the areas where we work. We still have clients in the United States, in Canada and here in Europe, but I want to build a movement of women who are making a difference, not just in their communities, but around the world through what I have been given, because I believe it is a gift. It is a talent and it's not for me. It's for others to learn from me. So we are doing that. And the fellowship program, like I said, we focus mainly on having women. We also have men, but we all focus mainly on having women come in. As an organization, the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact the future looks great, looks bright. We are looking at building partnerships with leaders such as you and the work that we do and expanding it globally to the point that we can have hubs of the NGO Whisperer um, in around the world, maybe in every continent and have those hubs as a training center 
where people can actually come and spend time and learn. Leaders can come and rejuvenate because in their organization sometimes they don't get the time to unwind because everybody's asking them for something. So this is my vision for where we are going. We might achieve it in the next five years or so, but we are getting there. So empowering women leaders to make a difference and, and especially in areas like Asia, Africa, and to bring a way for leaders to recharge their batteries, which mm -hmm. otherwise burnouts and always present shadow following us if we aren't careful to realize that we have to sharpen the saw or it's not going to continue cutting the wood. We have to take a break from what we're doing to tap into ourselves and to tap into the deeper resources. What, and here's some things that tap into what impacts me. It touches my heart too, is I think there's a greater need for social change worldwide and just a greater need for everybody to recognize our shared humanity and look out for each other more and to cross bridges and to come together where there was unnecessary conflict before. So I, I see just a need for social change and nonprofits who are working for social change, whether that's to elevate those in need or to bring people together where there was conflict before or to bring resources where resources are needed. I think that's very powerful. What changes would you like to see in society as a whole? If you could wave the magic wand and create any difference you wanted, and it took no effort, how would things be different? Social justice. Social justice would make resources available to those who need it most, and for those who have their resources to willingly share with those who don't have. So social justice is what drives us, and that's why we are focusing on working with our partners and clients to drive innovation, to get these resources, uh, investment, and that is under social investment for a sustainable world. So for me, social justice, and within that also comes the need for everybody to be responsible for management and conservation of our planet, because this is the only home we have. I am a keen follower of what's happening with all these um, uh, the work that uh, astrophysicists are doing to find out whether we can live in mass. So far, there's no other habitable planet like our mother Earth. And so that is at the core of what we do. And we are part of the Earth in my way of saying things. So you're leaving part of yourself to leave the Earth. We're like the fruit of the Earth, so to speak. This is our home. I agree. And, and injustice is one of my biggest platforms. I can't stand injustice. I love standing for social justice in general. So you help what we call nonprofits here, what you call NGOs there. How would a nonprofit or an NGO know that they need your help? What would be a symptom that they might recognize to realize that you could bring value to them? The most common one is lack of funding when they don't have uh, funding to implement projects that they have planned to implement in their uh, annual calendars or their strategic plan. 
And that's where we usually start. You know, we ask them, what's your strategic plan? What do you want to do in the next three to five years? And many of those organizations have great ideas, but they don't have the funding. So that's one of the things that we start with. But once we get in there, we realize there are other underlying issues. And those issues could be leadership. It could be uh, that the organization doesn't have a good structure for sustainability. It could be something simple like not submitting reports on time to donors. And so donors are not happy because they're the ones paying for it. And when I'm paying for something and I don't get uh, what I want on time, then of course the donor is not gonna fund them. And when we correct it, we see things changing. I've seen, I've seen a difference. I've seen a turnaround in organizations just by submitting reports on time. I can imagine. So somebody, an organization or its leaders feel OE or see that we have funding problems that's most likely to be a symptom of a deeper rooted problem they may not even have recognized yet. Mm. And, what is and I will add, let, let me add something. Many people think that nonprofit is uh, something you do on the weekends or work that you do in the evenings when you are done with your business. Nonprofit work is professional work. They're professionals in the nonprofit. And so promoting the idea that we want to professionalize even the smallest organization that has two people working in there, they're working tirelessly with a group of volunteers. We want to professionalize them so that they are everything that is required. If it is legal documents, they have the legal documents that are required, that's compliance. And that what that what that does is it breeds trust mm -hmm. and confidence from anyone. It doesn't matter how small you are. If you are professional and excellent in your ways, there will always be a seat at the table for you. I have seen that happening. Smaller nonprofits being invited by very large nonprofits for them to come and share their ideas and sometimes even being part of the bigger piece of the pie, which is funding or responsibilities. So that is one of the biggest things we do. Excellence, promoting excellence and professionalizing nonprofits, especially the small ones. So excellence is a strong value to promote. And by promoting excellence and helping a nonprofit where the people may not really take themselves as seriously in what they're doing as they should yet, elevate their professionalism by taking themselves and their mission seriously enough to bring it to a high level of excellence and professionalism, of course, it's going to give the confidence that they're going to exude on all levels, as well as bring confidence from those who would donate and participate in helping them fulfill their mission. What does an initial engagement look like when a organization reaches out to you or your organization to start to explore possibilities for getting some help? Um, it's a two process. The first process is they complete a due diligence uh, form where we find out who they are and we ask all these questions that donors usually ask, how you are founded, how you are, uh, uh, your legal structure, your board and all that. And once they complete that process, then we have a discussion and then we can start working. And so it's a two step process. 
is the best way for someone to start to learn about how you can help them to go to your website? Absolutely. Our website has all the information that anyone would need to find out. And also there you can find a link and complete uh, your uh, small questionnaire that will let us know who we are and we look at them uh, regularly and then we will take the, uh, we, we move forward from there. So our website is ngowhisperer.com. Excellent. And of course, I'll put a link in the episode description and the episode page at thoughtleadershipstudio.com as well. This has been enlightening. I commend you for your mission and your success and the impact that you're making, Caroline. Thank you so much, Chris. It's a great honor and a pleasure. I follow you on social media. I learn a lot about thought leadership and what it is and what it is now. <laughs> Excellent. So, Glad to hear that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you as well. Thought Leadership Studio. So I hope you found the interview with Dr. Opende enlightening and hope it gave you insight from the perspective of someone who's making a positive difference by helping other organizations make a positive difference. So this has been Thought Leadership Studio, episode 33. I'm your host, Chris McNeil, strategic thought leadership coach, consultant, and marketer. If you're currently on an app, make sure you click the link to the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. There's links to Dr. Opende's social media and website, as well as some other things they have going on at the NGO Whisperer. And also some resources like the Marketer's Guide to Strategic Thought Leadership, which is a free download to help you organize the building blocks of your own successful strategic thought leadership. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't. If you like the episode, give us a review. Definitely helps us get more attention and build our audience and share the mission of helping others increase their positive influence to make a better world for all of us. Thanks again for listening and look forward to seeing you next week. Thought Leadership Studio.